When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The dude, you know what I'm saying? Nicole and Jamal. What does a successful season look like? Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Nicole Yopich, that's your starting front line. I'd say that they have very expensive taste. You're listening to the Chicken Nuggets Podcast. For real. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Chicken Nuggets Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Garcia. You can follow me and all the work that I do at Vita Viva Diva on Twitter and Instagram and Peloton. I mean, on everything, you guys. <laughs> uh, today, I have some really awesome guests joining me to help me have the conversation about that needs to really be had about the Nuggets Heat game. Because I didn't want to just jump right in and talk about it without really giving it a second to sink in and really think about everything that happened. So uh, Gordon Gross, longtime Denver Stiff, joining the show today. Thanks for being here, Gordon. No, my pleasure. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had you on the show. I know, right? It's great. It's great to have you back. <clears throat> and then, of course, Asher. Asher's new to the Stiffs. Asher, I don't even know where to tell people, like, where to follow you and stuff. Uh, I use Twitter. Uh, that's at Ashmanzini. It's kind of convoluted but i made that account without being a stiff so <laughs> if you want to follow me you can you can find it if you if you look hard enough what kind uh, <clears throat> what kind of content are they going to be getting if they follow you asher what's the vibe over like on your twitter page a lot of tall playmaker propaganda whether that be Jokic, uh josh giddy is another one of my favorites I do draft content occasionally. I'm starting to get into that. So you got YouTube as well. Me. They can follow you in a bunch of places. Yeah, I don't do the YouTube stuff as much, but if they want to look there, I'll do occasional, you know, draft stuff there. I also have a Patreon for like my own articles about kind of just miscellaneous NBA topics, not just containing to the Nuggets. That is linked on my Twitter and yeah i mean you can obviously find me on the stiffs as well awesome yeah so and i i'm really excited about the conversation we get to have today just because like one i haven't got to do a podcast with Gordon in a long time asher we've never done a podcast together but we all are also from like different parts of walk different walks of life and we're all in different parts of our lives right now too so wide age group, right? We don't have to name names about who's oldest and who's youngest, right, guys? <laughs> Gordon. I think I think I might double up both of you. If you both you guys together might barely get me. <laughs> I just yeah. have lots of perspective today from different different people who have had lots of different life experiences, I would assume. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So the Nuggets go out yesterday and play the Miami Heat. The Heat come into town, and I'm like, literally, like, I hope the altitude gets them because this team has been playing awesome. I'm nervous about the Nuggets really play, being able to play up to their level because they literally played like trash against the Houston Rockets, who is a team that they should have probably beat more handedly than they did. Definitely um, should have, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go out and literally do work against the heat. This is typical Malone era nuggets. Like they yep. up to the challenge. Um, I was so excited about this game. Like lots of good things happened in this game, Gordon. Let's highlight a couple good things before we get into kind of the, the scab on, on the game or the, the ugly source <laughs> that's at the end of that game. Well, I mean, the, the great thing about the game is that the Nuggets came to play. Like, And I'm sure Malone loved the defense. Yeah. Malone, Malone was not giving an inch. Like, he, he loves the early season defensive Nuggets. And then when teams get better at offense, they become the 
you know, Jokic nuggets, which are offensive juggernauts. But right now, you know, Jokic is manning and, and uh, quarterbacking the defense that is, you know, one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, and they showed up and they just put the clamps on, on the heat. It was actually very impressive. Really impressive. Kyle Lowry, zero points, you guys. Yep. Well, usually yep. guards destroy the nuggets. Like that's <clears throat> normally the, the biggest issue that Denver has is um, that they are, they are undersized at the, the one and the two. Um, uh, not necessarily if Dozier's playing the two. But I mean, you know, like Bones weighs, you know, 175 pounds and Barton weighs like 175 pounds. And, you know, you're putting them up against guys like, you know, Jimmy Butler, who um, has a a strength advantage on those gentlemen. Yeah. Um, And and it it didn't it didn't pay off like the the Nuggets guards to carry business. Yeah, they did. There were a lot of really good high like things that I saw from multiple players. I liked um, what I saw from Bones and obviously. Will Barton is having a really great start to his season. Absolutely. Um, they just look like they're clicking on all, all cylinders. It was a good overall game. Um, and impressive. Like I was going into this game with the mindset, like this is a measuring stick. It's an important game. Will the nuggets be able to like even keep up because what they had been showing over the last few games, even those grizzly games was, either like just lack of focus or I don't know, cohesiveness. They weren't all on the same page. And obviously Michael Porter Jr. has been an issue at least scoring wise. Um, But I was really excited to watch this heat game. It was an amazing game. They did everything I wanted them to do. And then. Well, they started even hit threes. Like the thing is the Nuggets still can't shoot from deep and they still demolish the heat. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, they shot like thirty percent from three. Yeah, I like twenty nine, thirty percent from three, yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. Like last night, outside of Barton, the Nuggets hit five threes <clears throat> combined. Like Barton himself outpaced the rest of the team, and shooting has been probably the biggest issue for the Nuggets overall. Because if you take away the bench, but. Um, the bench is a big part of that too, because they shoot like absolute crap and the nuggets have continued to shoot like crap and they are producing at least some wins while shooting like crap. So imagine when the entire team eventually gets out of the slump, which I hope is a slump because if not, we're going to be shooting 30% the entire year. And I <laughs> don't want to watch that, but if once they get to even 34%, which I think is what league average is right now, that'll be a lot prettier than whatever the hell is happening right now on the offensive end. Yeah. And it was still a good game. It was yeah. great play. Just, I thought they, they just looked really good as a team. Like they were on the same page with each other. I don't know if the all yellow accessories was a thing on purpose, but there were, like all the starters had a yellow headband or armband. I don't know. That brought the mojo. Yep. Yeah. Well, and they, I mean, they just demolished the heat inside, like really like points in the paint, uh, rebounding. They, they just crushed the heat on the glass. They crushed them inside. Um, they, they would not be deterred, you know, and, and that was terrific. And again, Jokic was masterful. He got a triple double, like, and, and easily, like if his guys could hit some threes, it would be an even better triple double. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I haven't even heard anybody talk about Jokic's triple double. Like the t- earlier today, the, even the nuggets page, they highlighted Will Barton's game, but right. everyone's afraid to, to talk about Yo- what Jokic did because, or highlight him in any good way after the, the incident that happened with him and Marquise. I'm going to get it. Marquise Morris. Yeah. I'm going to mess it up every time or question myself every time. Um, our Keith Morris. And um, I guess we should definitely, we should definitely touch on that piece of it because Asher, you're talking about them getting out of a shooting slump. They're going to be going forward with, uh, without their three like max contract players. That's not Aaron a Aaron sh- Gordon, baby. Yeah. yeah. It'd be the Aaron Gordon experience. Will Barton and Aaron Gordon are the two best 
Denver Nuggets, and uh, this is not the, this is probably going to be the worst team they have uh, put out on the floor since Ryan Shaw uh, and early Malone. And I can't say I'm not looking forward to it because we get to see Will Barton just take 30 shots a game, and I'm not opposed to that. Yeah. Well, it'll be fun. I mean, the, the great thing about this is that the, the Nuggets really do perform well when these things happen. Like that, yeah. you know, the Nuggets went into Utah with seven players and they came out on top. Now Jokic was one of the seven. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is the thing is that when Jokic is on the floor, anything is possible. So now we're going to find out what's ha- possible for the next, I assume at least two games that mm-hmm. Jokic is not going to be able to be there. Gee, we haven't yeah. seen them play a game without Nicola since 2017. Yeah. Team has well, no- I mean, that's not true. He got suspended one game, right? For rest um something again, like that yeah uh wasn't that the, the timberwolves okay well that doesn't count as a real game <laughs> but yeah. yeah like literally like the, the man has the been nuggets. unstoppable yeah yeah we really yeah. don't we have not seen the nuggets without Jokic like in a serious game in four years nearly yeah. like it will be it will be something to see because the Nuggets, Jokic is such a heliocentric player. Everything revolves around him. And it'll be interesting to see what the Nuggets do without that. Like, do they start Bones just to kind of like, you know, I don't know, get offense or like bring him in as an early sub like they have been? Yeah. Do they bring, do we see Will Barton become like the focal point, like the sole focal point? Jeff Green isolations, uh, you know, there's a lot of possibilities and not all of them are pretty. A lot of them are not, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to have to face likely. I mean, at least from what I'm hearing, um, probably a five game suspension Pacers, Hawks, Blazers, Mavs, and Sixers. Luckily only one of those would be an away game, the Mavericks. So if he does get the five game suspension, I mean, Gordon, do you think it could be anything more than five? No, he didn't throw a punch. I understand he trucked him, but the the reason that punches make a big difference in the NBA is literally the Kermit Washington, like head dislocation of of Rudy Tobjanovich. Like punches carry a higher suspension. They always have. Um, And so no, I, I don't expect it to be anything more. He didn't attack a fan. It wasn't after the game was over. Nobody came off the sidelines. Like it, it's, it was one shot on, you know, from a, he got, he was not the instigator of it either. Um, so no, I don't expect anything more than five. And I would expect it to be less than five and for him to appeal it down if it is five. Yeah, um, I anticipate two to three probably. I think that's a, yeah. A I'm, ex- I'm expecting. I'm expecting it to resolve. It may start higher, but I would expect it to resolve at two to three. I really mm-hmm. don't think so, you guys. Like the the league has tried. I mean, even the NFL, the NBA has been trying very hard to change this stigma about the fighting in the league, and they've come. I feel like they'll use it as set an example and say, like, let's make sure this does not this kind of thing doesn't happen. And you're going on the heels of Jokic's altercation with Devin Booker at the end the very last game of the season last year right for which he was not suspended I know but yeah going to be you know how like certain NFL players have an an more than one you know like a record sure. is that work again the same way I think that's how they'll they'll speak to I, with Jokic in this situation because that's twice that been very intense farther I think that for sure yeah i think that it'll be three because if you go back to 2019 that serge abaca marquise chris fight yep abaca was suspended three games and they tried throwing actual punches in that altercation he tried to strangle him and then throw punches and it was three games yeah so i would not be shocked if it's two or three yeah and and, i mean they did the last literally the last example of this was pat beverly walking up after the plays are over two hands shoving, you know, Chris Paul in the back, got one game. And yeah. Patrick Beverly is a repeat offender. Yeah. So, like, I, I literally, you might be right, Jenna, that they're going to try to set a mark, 
I mean, if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be Jokic. Like that's uh, getting respect from the league is not really a Jokic strong suit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think it'll be five. And if it's, again, you, you're hearing rumblings, I understand that, but I, I don't think five would stick because the NFLPA has a vested interest in, in um, protesting that they don't want more suspensions. More suspensions is more lost money for players. Yeah. Um, and so the NFLPA would file a grievance. They would get hit, hit a, um, an arbitrator and the arbitrator would be like, yeah, no, you're what you're your way to suspensions. They would point to all of those. Mm-hmm. that we just talked about and say your suspensions until recently have been two games. Does something change? And if nothing changed, it's going to be two to three games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a collectively bargained league. That's what the arbitrator's for. Right. You know, you can't, you can't, I understand that you're saying that they want to set an example, but it, it, the, these things are collectively bargained and you can't just randomly increase the penalty massively without like negotiating that with the players union. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm sure there will be an arbitrator and there'll be a process and I think he should appeal it. But I mean, Markeith was, his back was turned to him, you guys. Like, had he fallen any differently, we're talking about a, a totally different story here today. You know, like he- looked- I mean, he could have blown Jokic's knee out. We'd be talking about a totally different story if, they, if the, uh, the MVP of the league goes down with a blown knee from this, from getting hit in the side of it by Markeith Morris down 17, you know, in the last two minutes of the game. I mean, like things got, things could have been really serious. They weren't, but on both sides, things could have been really serious, which is why Jokic was pissed off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a good point. I think um, I'm interested to know what do you guys think or how much responsibility is on the two head coaches in this situation who had their starters in the game down 17 in the fourth quarter. How many times? have to see this with i mean look at jamal murray out with his acl who was in a fourth quarter situation in a game that was slightly out of our reach yep what are we doing well and it's that competitive thing right and they're friends too so um malone and uh so they're playing each other competitively as people who like you know who are competing against their other friends Mm-hmm. And they're not just letting it go. And yes, that's a big deal. Is, is it also a big deal that Jokic had been yelling at refs um, and that he wasn't being listened to? Yeah. This is another one of those things where I, I would like the coach to take the tech. If you're going to take it, you know, you're already up a billion, you know, make sure that you calm your player down. If you know Jokic is upset, get him out of there. But Malone's very into the games. He's into the games, at least as much of his players. Like that's, he wasn't, focused on that and he should have been there's lots of blame to go around Jokic has a lot of it like you can't reply you can't respond like that he knows that you literally cannot run up to a guy and truck him because he just trucked you you know and I understand you've been getting fouled all night no one's calling it you know but that's how people are going to attack you since it's the only thing they can do they can't they can't beat him on the court they can't stop him with one-on-one defense they can't bring extra guys you know, Jokic is demolishing everyone they put in front of him for the last several years, but certainly the last year plus. In these MVP-type campaigns, Jokic is the best player in the world, and they are attacking him like he's Michael Jordan, who the rule for the, the Jordan rules back in the 90s were basically beat the shit out of him and see what happens. And, mm-hmm. and that's what Jokic is going to go through because they, that's the only chance they have of slowing him down is literally getting him into foul trouble, or, um, you know, making sure there are no fouls called. So they're fouling him on the shots rather than letting him make them. That's just what mm-hmm. it's going to be. So he's got to figure out how to deal with that without throwing forearm shivers and tossing people around like matchsticks. Yeah. Yeah, it was, there's a bit of blame on Malone. One of the bigger gripes people tend to have with him is the fact that he plays his starters too long. Mm-hmm. Like, he plays them too long and blowout wins and he doesn't play them enough and losses where the bench is playing terribly. But I don't think he and Spolster have much blame in this. I mean, it's a competitive game, but at the end of the day, it's the players who actually did the action and it's the players' fault for reacting that way. Both of them Mm -hmm. are in the wrong. Uh, Markeith Morris should not have tried to do that. And then Jokic should not have blindsided him. 
both are in the wrong, neither are in the right. And the people on Twitter who are acting like one is correct, one is wrong on both sides are quite frankly, just dumb because fighting isn't ever the answer in basketball. So, you know, is it, it's just, hmm? is it what? Never the answer in hockey and football and all our sports we see fighting right. Even all of the ones that are not UFC and boxing. Sure, but all no, but no, yeah, but not really soccer either. And the reason for that is you ain't got no pads. Like you know, in football and hockey, you're wearing a million pounds of gear, you know. And so yes, you might punch each other in the face occasionally, but you're doing it usually while you're on skates. You can't load up on anything. Like you know, in football, you're wearing helmets. Like. <laughs> You've got 20 pounds of pads on, you know, yeah, fighting's not great, um, but you are in some way insulated. And so those sports where you violently check each other into boards or you violently tackle each other, you get mad and you violently approach someone. That's how that works. You can't do that in basketball. Again, people have nearly died on the court from that, um, which is why the, you know, the NBA wants that out. You know, we, they don't want the fighting, you know, this used to be common. If, if you look at like old 90s stuff, people would get tackled around the neck in basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, people would get elbows thrown. You, they're all sort it happened all the time. People would, you know, undercut you on purpose, trying to hurt you. Like it was a very violent sport and it was not um, nearly as pretty as today's game. And there are some people who like that and there are some people who don't. But regardless, when you have, in Jokic's case, $200 million on the court, you know, you can't afford that guy to go down with an ACL. And that's almost what happened when Marquise decided to, to, you know, truck him down 17 from the blind side. Yeah. Like that's how that goes. So the, the reason they don't want that is it's too expensive. You know, it's not just a matter of, of the league's um, uh, status or, you know, it, it's gauche. It's, you know, uncouth to fight. It's literally there's too much money on the court now. The right. players make too much. You can't you you can't pay if they're out. You know, uh, just right. don't let that stuff happen. And so that's another thing where if you wanted to toss blame around, the refs letting the the play go the way that it did all night caused a bunch of that. You know, where guys are again being physical all evening. So at the end, Marky, you know, Morris was like, "Yep, let's go be physical now." Um, in this ridiculous situation and cause problems. But I, I guarantee you, you're not going to see the refs um, called to account for that in any way. Yeah. It's, it, this was a bad circumstance. Um, Jokic should not have been in the game. Moore should not have attacked him the way that he did. Jokic should not have retaliated on the way that he did. Um, it's, it's, it's not great. You haven't even really described it for people, G. Do you want to describe it or you want me to? I mean, it, if, if you watch the, the tape, you've got Jokic going down the court. Um, he is leading, essentially, it's not really fast break because there's four guys back on defense. Um, but he's got the ball in his hands and he's bringing it up to court quickly. Um, and attacking up 17, you know, with two minutes to go. Um, and Marquise decides he doesn't like that. And he takes a run from the side of the court to the middle of the court where Jokic is and smashes into him with an elbow and a knee um, attempting to um, set a tone, I guess. Um, Jokic uh, attempted to get up a shot just because that's what you do in that situation, but was extremely pissed off. I assume partly because he literally just had needed knee contact a week ago where we were afraid something very bad had happened. Mm-hmm. you know, between him and Gobert. And so he just took another knee knee shot from another guy trying to sabotage him and lost it and charged him. Um, Morris had turned around at this point and walked away like he'd sent the message he was going to send and Jokic wasn't going to do anything about it. And Jokic absolutely did something about it by hitting him in the back with a forearm, um, by taking several steps at him, uh, which threw uh, Morris to the ground. Morris then writhed around in agony like a guy is, who plays soccer um, until a stretcher came out, but then walked off under his own power about five minutes later. Yeah. Now, I, they haven't given a status on Morris. He's good enough to tweet, apparently. Like, he's, he's tweeted out plenty. <laughs> um, but, 
yeah, it's uh, and then we had double ejections for you know flagrant twos. Yeah, and Jimmy Butler was kind of talking big game from the sidelines, saying you know let's meet in the back. Let's go in, the, yeah. And the Heat came in afterward and tried to like you know meet them in the locker room, like some fake tough, uh, t- you know, in the back, uh, um, the hallway by the locker room, like some fake tough guys. Yeah, they uh they all got up in their own in their own feelings about it. Yeah. Um, but but the Nuggets don't have weirdly, Jokic is that guy for the Nuggets. Like back in the day when you had Carmelo Anthony playing for Denver, you had guys like Kenyon Martin. Oh, yeah. Who would go out and absolutely break anyone who attempted to start anything with Melo. Yep. Um nobody messed with Kenyon Martin. Martin was a legitimate tough guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nuggets don't have any of those guys. Uh <laughs> They do not have anyone to protect their star. They don't have anybody to set that tone. Jokic is that guy. Um, and that's, you can't have your enforcer being your best player. That is a terrible plan. You talked about hockey earlier. The reason that they had enforcers in hockey was so that your stars don't get hurt in these fights. Mm-hmm. And that nobody tries to cheap shot them because you're going to have your guy go out and break people. Now the NBA got away from enforcers. Guys who don't play basketball that well, but who you would not want to meet in a dark alley. Right. Um, you know, the Charles Oakley types, although Oakley was actually quite a good basketball player also. Yeah. Um, Bill Embiid kind of stuff. Yeah. But, but yeah, Bill Embiid, where, where he's a big, you know, strong, dirty uh, guy who's not going to let you mess with Isaiah Thomas. And, yeah. and so the Nuggets don't have those guys. And in the theory, they shouldn't be necessary in today's NBA. There's no fighting. Even, you know, again, even now, guys, we're not throwing punches. You know, Jimmy Butler talked a big game with 30 guys between him and Jokic, you know, and they, you know, wanted to go rumble in the back, but nobody actually rumbled. There were no punches thrown. Nobody did anything. Because right. um, it's, it's not that kind of league anymore. Yeah. Uh, and so you shouldn't need an enforcer. But the problem is when guys are treating your star rough and your star decides to make his own response, and that's bad. The Nuggets cannot have Jokic out there trying to enforce his own law if the if the refs are not going to do it and there's no other players on his side that will do it that's not a good solution well and so i've heard like two kind of big arguments or two sides of this argument either you're part of the group of people who's like no this was bad Jokic was way out of line um both parties were were way out of line um you just can't happen period or you're part of like Richard Jefferson and Isaiah Thomas and all these former players who are like, Oh, um, you know, you shoved him, he shoved you. It, you know, it's over, over. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I even heard in the media room um, or from some, a member of the Nuggets media, I believe uh, who said, you know, Oh, well real hoopers know that that's just, (laughs) you know, Real hoopers. And I think it, it really does kind of like expand the conversation to more just like a bigger, deeper place, right? Like why is a real hooper violent or have some sort of violence? And why is it like cool that heat culture is this like, let's meet you in the back place, you know? And what is Jokic doing about his anger? Where is he getting some support or something around that? You know, I feel like there's a whole lot of stuff that people aren't talking about. So I'm just interested in, to hear your guys' thoughts. Like, what, what is the, the real Hooper thing? I don't know. The real Hooper thing is the people who liked 80s and 90s basketball, and then people got skill and they don't like it. Yep. Real Hoopers are Bill and Beer, according to them. They're like the Charles Oakleys, the, you know, the people who are will enforce and will beat up and all that kind of stuff. And I'm of the opinion, this is just my personal opinion, that today's game is the most skillful that it's ever been. And I don't think that's an outlander's take at all. And I think a lot of people just don't want the game to be pretty. They want it to be a pickup game. And pickup is very different from organized basketball organized basketball there are plays run you know it's not as one-on-one focused it's you know five on five but in pickup even if you're playing five on five a lot of the time it's just 
I'll take the ball down the court this time. You take it down the next. We'll ISO against our man and score. Mm -hmm. And as someone who plays pickup occasionally, you see more fights in pickup than you do in organized basketball. That's just the nature of things because normal people have anger issues sometimes. Sometimes people do things that warrant a fight. That's just how life is. But in, specifically in organized basketball, that doesn't happen very often. And well, well, yeah. real hoopers are old heads who wish that the tone of the game nowadays was more similar to the tone of the game of pickup. It just like back they, in my day. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's literally people who are like, well, I used to watch when X happened and things mm-hmm. were great. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. All those guys, again, like Rudy Tomjanovich, who, um, you know, could taste his own spinal fluid after being yeah. punched in the face. You know, yeah. and literally thought he was going to die. Uh, I'm very happy he didn't. He became a great coach, lived a long time. Good job, Rudy. But he very nearly died on the court. And that was not the only time that it happened. This was, you know, in the 70s, people were getting in massive fights. If you watch Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, people think mm-hmm. of him as a, you know, he, he called out, you know, some people recently. Um, Kareem is a, uh, Kareem does not suffer fools. Um, mm-hmm. and he didn't on the court either. <laughs> People yeah. would fight every week. There was a ma- there was a massive rumble every week. Um, and even in the even in the eighties and nineties, when they had quote unquote cleaned that up, and the only reason they cleaned it up is because they actually suspended people, like for some mm-hmm. period of time. It wasn't like they didn't still play really rough, but this has been on a on a trajectory since the seventies to now, of no no basketball is a beautiful game. You can't see it if guys are busy getting undercut and, you know, slammed in the back and having legs broken and whatever, you can't see it. And so the NBA made a conscious decision to make basketball. Yes. Prettier. That's why the rule sets, you know, they took away hand checking. They took away all sorts of things to open up the game. They, they changed the way the defenses were able to play so that you got to see how pretty the game is and they're keeping it that way. So people who are mad about it are, are mad about, it wasn't the way I remember it when I was 12 and that's fine, but that doesn't mean that that's the only real basketball. That's just what you liked. Right. I guess it's just like still speaks to where we're at in as a society. Like, why is it prettier even? Why, why is prettier the way we're describing it instead of safer or more mentally difficult? Like you have to apply far more strategy now in order to outscore other teams or, beat other teams right like it's not just like literally physically beating you down it's like i have to find well but those people those same people would say that it's not more it's it does not require more intelligence because all quote unquote all you're doing is shooting threes mm-hmm. like that doesn't take any skill or any effort you just shoot a three like you don't yeah. have to work for a shot you don't have to move on the court you know and these people they they just prefer a different style and again, fine. You like a different style. That's not the way the NBA is at. Um, and I agree with you. Like we could describe it as something other than prettier. Um, it is more skillful as, as um, Ash was saying earlier, it's a more skillful game. Now it has to be because you have to be able to do more things. You cannot be a one dimensional player. You know, big men were the last one dimensional players left in the game. Guys who only had to do one thing, just stand near the basket, grab rebounds, deter shots, that'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and the only guys like that right now have to be literally the greatest in the world at that, you know, up there with the greatest in history at that, um, in order to stay relevant and still can get played off the court in the playoffs. Yeah, like Rudy Gobert, for example. Yeah. That you have to that that the game has changed and you have to be able to do everything. You have to be able to understand offense. You have to be able to pass. You have to be able to score. You have to be able to rebound. You have to be able to defend. You have to defend multiple positions, not just your position. Like it is much more complicated now. And it is, it requires more skill to be successful. And that's, I think that's great, but not everyone does. Yeah. Like Zion, for example, people are just like, oh, he's an athlete. 
No, he has great footwork in the post. He's an amazing, like, soft touch finisher. Like, a lot of the times in games when Zion's playing, you see him go for, you know, layups instead of dunks. And people always just assume Zion is just a dunker. He's really good at it, but that's basically all he does. When, you know, he's a decent passer as well. Like, he's a pretty good passer for his position. Like, even the rawest of athletes or, like, the most athletic players have skill. Like, Giannis does not just get by on being 6'11". Giannis is one of the most skilled players in today's NBA. Right. Right. And I think we also are like working with and talking about not just the most skilled players that we've seen so far, but also also like the most mentally developed, like there's a lot of guys on this team on, on the Nuggets roster specifically, even that invest in like their mental health. And I mean, Asher, like when you were talking about it earlier, you know, you, you identified there's anger there but nobody's wanting to own that. Like the anger is not the problem. Everybody, like you said, everybody has anger. Sometimes things bubble up. Right. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's interesting to me to see Jokic have another incident like this when he's at a point of exhaustion. Cause that's what I think really kicked kicked in at the end of last season with the Suns. right? They're just, he was just tired of me down by And then in this moment, right, where he's a new dad, so we can assume there's some exhaustion there because that's fairly mentally and physically taxing. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's also carrying this team who, which he's been doing for, for a long time now because his partner in crime, Jamal Murray's out, but now MPJ's out and the best, you know, one of the best teams in the league. I mean, the Heat have been being spoken about by a lot of people as top one or two, you know, yep. in the league right now. So comes into town and he's like just trying to cap off a good night and seems to get, you know, really frustrated, overly frustrated. But I guess I'm just like the bigger point to me has been or after I've had time to think about it, right? Is like, why, why are we still in a league or why is the league still view like anger as a positive thing as this and as this like thing that we're not going to talk about either like we'll expl- give several reasons why Jokic did it oh because Markeith hit him first because he's tired because all these excuses instead of just like owning like yeah some like Asher said sometimes you're angry and you're playing basketball and there's a moment and you don't deal with it well right well, and it's, again, these are a lot of these guys, you talk about why are they angry? A lot of hoopers come from places that weren't so great. Like athletics was the way out. No, I get well, what for sure. I get, you know, I'm just saying we're not ever owning the anger. We're always making excuses for why, even in Jokic's apology, you know, oh yeah. I thought he hit me first and it was, it felt dirty, you know? And I'm just yep. wondering, like, what's, what's up? Cause a married man, and Jokic is a married man knows better than to make an excuse for why he, he did something. Just say, you're sorry and end it there. It's smarter. I don't right. know. <laughs> but it's at the same time, Jokic has always been extremely honest in his answers to everything. Yeah. Um, and his, his honest answer was, um, yeah, he did me wrong and I shouldn't have reacted like that that's what it is like uh, if this had been a pickup game yeah i would have messed him up you're gonna come at me like that yeah let's take it outside i mean you saw that reaction you know from his brothers you saw that reaction from um you'll see the reaction from fans that's why you see the people online who are like yeah my guy was right your guy was wrong yeah my guy was right your guy was wrong like we should have done this revenge you see you want to see that anger that anger is in all the fan bases too like that's that's they it's a symptom of society that's not a symptom of of playing basketball well i guess that's the symptom i'm talking about gordon like how do we change that what changes here what how does Jokic handle this better so that we can as a society look to him and say okay there's like a leader or is this a cultural thing because you mentioned his brothers like are we not leaving taking into consideration like, okay, this guy isn't from our country. So while that's how we decide 
you know, it's not right to react that way. Maybe that's not in his country. Maybe it's normal to react that well, way. Yeah. I mean, yes, Jokic and his brothers came through the, the Yugoslav wars where there, there were literally 10 years of, of violence and death on all sides. Mm-hmm. It came from um, cultural reasons, religious reasons, tribal reasons, um, historical reasons, but it was brutal. Um, it, it was it, the Yugoslav wars were very brutal. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would assume that that absolutely affected them. However, uh, the guys who were waiting in the hallway was not Jokic. Right. The guys waiting in the hallway were dudes from America. Right. Like it's, I, I wouldn't yeah. say that, you know, well, their anger, why is he dealing with that this way? When Jimmy Butler's out there screaming to come meet me in the back, you know, uh, it's not like the Americans were handling their anger somehow, somehow better. That's just the, yeah. unfortunately, um, being a grown up is not necessarily a benefit in sports. Being uh, able yeah. to calm yourself down is not necessarily a benefit in sports. People keep looking to, um, this has been an issue for a while. The the idea that Michael Jordan was a better player because he was quote unquote so competitive. And what they mean by that is he punched Steve Kerr in the face in practice because he didn't like how Steve Kerr was competing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what they mean by that is, you know, he gambles on everything in life and cannot accept defeat. He's a giant baby about it. And when um, someone beat him at pool, he went out and bought a pool table and practiced for 200 hours and then invited the guy back and humiliated him in his own house because he could not accept that he lost at something. And people view that as admirable. And in some senses it is, he became the best in basketball, you know, doing what he did. And yet his teammates who, you know, are now bad mouthing Michael in the media, like Scottie Pippen, saying, I can't believe that you didn't give me my credit because they're all giant babies. Mm-hmm. Like, because they, they're, that, that sense of personal dissatisfaction gives you fuel and any kind of fuel works in sports, even if it's terrible fuel for life. Like that's, that's really the thing and why a lot of athletes fail at life. But I think like, a lot more athletes nowadays trying to control like their mental health more and their emotions more and not just do like Michael Jordan did. Cause what you're describing to me sounds like a really competitive person who, and I am a very competitive person myself. So I'm yes, you are far from like any criticism I am about to say like applies to me too, but like, it doesn't sound healthy. And it's I thought, the guy I know guys on this roster who want to be healthier and who want to control their anger better. And I feel like that's like where society is heading and, and where a lot of like younger NBA players you see, like even, even before, not even younger NBA players, but like LeBron who goes off of social media at times, lots of players getting away from social media. I'm just saying, I think that there's definitely a desire amongst players to be in better control of, their emotions and their anger. Um, and yet there's still like, I don't know that what you're describing that competitiveness of like, this is so amazing. This is a good thing. But when I hear what you're saying, it sounds bad to be It's that. limiting. It's the problem is, is that there are limits to what that can do for you off the court. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. Quite frankly, Michael Jordan was an asshole. Yeah. Like, he was not a person like if he was a person you met in your regular life and he was not Michael Jordan, if he was Joe Schmo from down the block, you would just think he was kind of an asshole. You would think, Oh, he probably has some issues from his childhood, from marriage, from whatever. He probably just has some issues and I don't really want to hang out with him. And like, that would be a completely fair response. And honestly, if we're being honest, like, if you hit somebody, you should probably serve some punishment for that. But he never got much or any punishment for punching Steve Kerr. Like, 
a lot of the players glorify being a competitive asshole when like that's not really the best just to be a good person but a lot of the competitiveness and the want to be the best is just human nature like people just want to be good at what they do and that's understandable but some people take it to an extreme and let that really blindside them make them see red and I've seen a lot of like going back to the Serbian, like maybe it's just because they went through a lot. I've seen, I've only lived in America my entire life. And I've seen more assholes from America than I have from foreign countries online and real in real life. Like it's not just a Serbian thing. It's not just an American thing. It's a human thing yep. that humans are just not good most of the time. Uh, some of the time like there are moments where humans just aren't good and that's just kind of the reality of it and was this one of those times yeah on both sides both people messed up and it's a discussion that is pretty simple to me but people want to make it more complex than I think it should be yeah yeah so you just feel like both parties should serve a suspension asher or what what are you what is your outcome at the end of this like i mean i don't know i'm just some dumb 17 year old from broomfield colorado i like i'm not an authority on it probably suspend both for a game or two and call it a day like if it keeps up then go into it more but at the end of the day they're humans too like just because they're NBA players does not make them different from you and me, like as far as being human. If they somebody are, at my job had blindsided yeah. me, I would be pissed off. Now I understand I'm not yeah. on the court, but even if in even you know whether they stole my um, my credit in the meeting for all the hard work that I did, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you're gonna get mad about it. Like yeah. this is this is one of those things where it, there was no crime really committed here. Like two guys got mad and did some stuff that could have hurt each other and hopefully nobody got hurt for real and you suspend them and you send warnings to their teams and you remind refs what to call and you use it as a warning experience. Like, you know, nobody was out here getting um, permanently damaged. This isn't something that, like, if, if this is how Jamal Murray had blown his knee out, we would be having a very different conversation. And the problem sure. is, is that that is an outcome-based result and not a process-based result. But still, that is what happened. I mean, this this whole technical thing is actually a process is an outcome-based result. If Jokic had not shoved Marquise Morris, then they would not have called a tech two on um, on Morris and given him a flagrant injection. They yeah. they've already said they wouldn't do that. They said one of the criteria for calling it a flagrant two on Morris is the outcome of what happened mm-hmm. with the action that he chose. Yeah. And yeah. so that's, that's pretty much where we're at. The outcome of this was not nearly as bad as it could have been. Therefore the suspensions are not going to be as high as they could be. Right? Yeah. And they all, for things to happen, most of the time someone has to fight back, whether that be in school, like you see, kids get suspended for fight for fighting back after being bullied for a long time like that's kind of what Jokic did but you still shouldn't fight like there should be proper systems to get this looked at and it should be refereed good like the referees should not be letting this stuff happen but just because they let it happen doesn't mean it should have happened anyways like I feel like we're kind of just talking in circles at this point but like both sides were in the wrong and they like this shouldn't be happening but it's not something that will change overnight it's just kind of a human factor like if humans are playing basketball this is probably going to happen at some point right which is ironically asher the same thing that the old heads were saying you know you shoved me and it is what it is so, and, and you gave away your age, which you weren't supposed to do, which is fine. <laughs> I know it's glad that 
it and that it happened organically, right? Because I think that it's interesting that the youngest person's perspective here might even match the oldest person's perspective. But the the piece that I was trying to get at was it kind of how we ended there was just talking about the anger. Like the anger exists. That's not the bad part. It's how we're reacting to it, right? And anger is going to happen because we are human. We're going to feel that. We're gonna, but how do we do handle this these situations better? And, and you're right, Gordon, like if somebody takes credit for me in a meeting, I am angry, but I'm still not throwing a punch or shoving them in the back. And while that's more common in a sport related, like physical, well, it's more common when somebody shoves you, like if somebody shoves you in a bar, you know, or pours a drink on your head, you're going to be like, excuse you. You're not gonna be like, ah, that's fine. I'm going to go back about my business. Right. With my, you know, with all this mar- this margarita, you know, mix dripping off my head, right. there's yeah. going to be problems like that's that's just how it goes. It doesn't matter what's happening there. But it, I, like you were saying, I do appreciate that a lot of NBA players are now looking after their mental health. A lot mm-hmm. of problems have come up for players of all sports for not doing that, not be it being um, culturally or um, societally unacceptable. For somebody to say, I have a problem, I need some help. Um, yeah. And the fact that that's changing, especially with the younger players, is terrific. Because mm-hmm. I don't want a bunch of psychopaths like running around playing sports and thinking yeah. that, that's, that that's okay. You know, already this, you know, this year, you, when you see people, um, a certain pitcher for the, uh, for the Dodgers, for instance, mm-hmm. um, you know, and all of the, um, the horrible horrible things that, that happened there. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at our players getting the help that they need to make sure that those are isolated incidents and that that is not culture. Like I remember the Broncos from my youth and there were people, um, you know, on the Broncos who were um, accused of sexual assault multiple times, who were convicted of, um certain things multiple times people like Clarence K um who was a tight end for the Broncos in the 80s cuz yes I'm old um but as a kid you know you remember seeing um these headlines about oh that tight end that I cheer for on Sunday um apparently beat up his girlfriend for the fourth time yeah yeah you know um right. that and, and you want to get that out you don't want that to be acceptable you don't want it to be okay um that just because someone can play a sport, you just have to put up with that. Um, yeah. The old line used to be, you're not going to get 45 choir boys, you know, in the NFL. This is back on a 45 man roster, obviously. But yeah. it was, that was, that was the line. You're like, well, I can't get 45 choir boys. So, you know, there's going to be some guys in there who, you know, do things I don't appreciate, but it's a sport and I got to fill the roster out. So those guys are going to get, you know, they're going to get to play. Yeah. Um, Lawrence Phillips took his girlfriend and dragged her down the stairs um, and smashed her face into his um, mailbox a few times, um, and he got drafted. Right. Yeah. Like and... things than what we're talking about with Jokic and Marquise. Yeah, yeah, it's not because because now what you want is for this to be the worst thing. Right. This is what you want. Like the whole goal. People are like, "Well, it used to be way worse." Yes, but we don't like that. That wasn't good. Like I don't want people actively assaulting each other on the court. I want the worst thing that happened yeah. in basketball to be two guys shove each other and get suspended. Yeah. Like this is a good yeah. thing. This is growth. This is how you see growth because you make it unacceptable for the stuff that used to happen to continue to happen now. Yeah. Yeah. My final question for you guys, just in regards to Jokic and everything that happened now, like, if you've gotten to be around the team, you know, Jokic is a really funny player. He's, um a jokester like joker because of his name it's also he's kind of he has a lot of jokes he'll say funny things um he's sarcastic all the children like all the players on the team are best friends with him and he loves all of them he's very very well liked uh player does this change his reputation at least um outside of the denver area or those of us who don't know him like that um to, to the bigger audience, I guess. What do, what do you guys think? I don't think so, because I think in four weeks, 
when another Ben Simmons rumor pops up, when another, you know, player wants out, another LeBron tweet makes headlines, whatever. Eventually, this will be lost in, in the mix. People aren't going to remember when Jokic shoved Markeith Morris. Like, they might remember a little bit, but I don't think they're going to be like, Joker's a bad guy. You know, I don't, I don't think that's going to be a thing. And he's, he doesn't have much of a reputation nationally. Like, he obviously has one, but he's not a media guy like LeBron, like Steph, like KD, like Giannis. You know, he's not, a, like, seen as a, a national superstar. He's not – he's someone that people know, but he's not someone that people know about. And I think that'll continue to be the case because Denver is a small market team and because, you know, they don't get much national coverage as it is. I think that once the Lakers win or lose, once the Knicks do a thing, it'll eventually wash away. It, the Jokic doesn't get a lot of pub. So he's gotten more pub about this than he got about winning the MVP. Yeah. Like literally like more social engagement has been, you know, directed at, at Jokic about this than when he won the MVP, when he won the MVP, every person on earth who was associated with the NBA was basically silent. So yeah, like this is going to affect some things that said, he's already won an MVP. He's already an all NBA. He's going to be all NBA again. Like, you know, there will be people in Miami who will never live this down. But it's it, in that sense, so what? Like, rivalry's fine. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, the fact that some other fan base doesn't like your star player is normal. That's that's how that's supposed to be. Yeah. If you it would rather have jazz, them hate you than not care about you. Yeah. If that was the case, then the Jazz would not be, you know, the Jazz would love Jokic if that was not the case. Right. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, yes, it will affect his profile for a, for a little bit. But honestly, the next time anybody's really going to deal with him about this is going to be when they interview him in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Like, if the, if the Heat and the, and the Nuggets meet in the finals this year, then yes, it's going to become a big deal. Yeah. Again. But for the most part, like, this is not an everyday thing for Jokic, although, like you said, he, he did get hit up with the, uh, the Phoenix thing um, in the playoffs. And this is about the time where he reminds himself not to take full court fouls and not to get mad and yell at refs. Yeah. This also happens every year. So, it, unfortunately, he lost his cool before he reminded himself about that. Um, but, no, I don't expect this to linger as the first thing on Jogic's resume. It's not going to be push Marquise Morris in the back in a November game. Like that's, that's not going to be it. Um, now, if it comes up again, if something worse happens, sure. This will be another, and this will be included in that as mm -hmm. history, but it's, I don't, I don't expect it to stand on its own. Yeah. Do you think there'll be retaliation later this month when they face the heat in Miami? I think the heat are going to talk a lot of shit and I don't think the heat are going to do much. Because yeah. they're going to get warned. Like, that's going to be a thing. I expect it to be a very physical game. I expect the refs to call it really tight. I expect it to be a really annoying game to watch. And I don't expect anything really big to happen. Yeah, that, that kind of sums up my thoughts as well. I don't think anything will really happen. Nope. All right. Well, then everyone should stay tuned or tune in for that game since nothing, it's going to be boring, everybody. <clears throat> I'm just telling you. The, the NBA is going to sit on that game. The refs are going to get their instructions early. You know, any kind of contact is going to be called. You're gonna, and it's going to be slow and annoying. Yep. We'll bring Tony Brothers in and he just ruined yep. that. So. Yep. I'm just saying, that's uh, the, the NBA is going to make sure that that is a very boring game. It's not my fault. Blame the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys being willing to, like, have the conversation and get a little bit deeper about you know anger and it just being a real thing you know and i like really loved hearing your perspective asher and it's been good getting to know 
you a little bit more through the pod today. So thanks for being on with me, guys. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the Chicken Night. Yeah.